What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. I'd take naps out here, too. Not a bad setup. Got the nice coastline behind us. Headsets all jacked up. How you feeling? Good. Pretty exhausted? I'm blasted. Are you? It's a pretty good weekend. It was awesome. It's pretty... uh, Remarkable. We'll get into it, but it's remarkable. Like I was telling you guys at the end of the event, uh, seeing all your hard work and and what it's paid off into, and you know, not only how it affects you and your family, but families around everywhere is just—it's so amazing. You know, like. I I see it on TV or I'll hear about it, you know, through somebody who's a part of something. But to see it firsthand at that level and uh, watch the appreciation that you guys have for franchisees and and uh, the people under your umbrella. Yeah. You know, and the and the effort and energy that you go to to make sure that they know they're loved and appreciated and and all that, you know, because you hear about people doing that, but like, are they really or, you know, like what what's really going on with you know X Y and Z or, you know, and then you always end up hearing like a horror story or like terrible things that happen, and uh, to see your guys's stuff firsthand and see the happiness and see the joy and you know how well-rounded it is it's just phenomenal it's an amazing experience yeah it was great we um we always tell people like when we do a discovery day which we call it our discovery days what i'm referencing is we invite people in who make it through a certain process you know and during the vetting process for us to onboard them as new franchise partners right and so that's kind of like the last step before approval is we invite them here to Wilmington and we do like a day and a half seminar where it's, we basically talk about the entire brand from front door to back door. But during that event, the first thing that we do is we go through our whys, you know, why are we here? Why are we doing this? And, you know, I, I try to tell those guys that, you know, those days, that once a month thing that we do. It's kind of the one day of the month that I really like pick my head up and I kind of look around and see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It, it's just always been my style and it probably always will be. And some may argue that that might be my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had a, if I had a fault to disclose, that would be it. But <laughs> there's many more. But you know, like if you're gonna disclose one, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that that didn't come out right. But no, no, no. You, you it's even was, better. You, you it's even it, better. I you, like it. You knew what I was mentioning. You know yeah, I, I know mean, what you but, mean. Um, I don't know. Like I was saying in my in the closing at the event here earlier, you know, I look at other CEOs 
you know i'm using my fingers in quotes and the companies that three-letter word that you hate it's not that i hate it it's just i don't really reference it too yeah. much you know i don't i don't introduce myself when i walk up to people and i don't i don't say hey i'm down the ceo of clean eats yeah i don't do that it's just not i don't know it's just i don't think there's anything wrong with it it's just nothing that i've been comfortable with doing mm-hmm. some guys do it and they're very they're very boisterous and their personalities are a lot bigger and they can do it very well i just for me it's it's i can't yeah and well i mean not only that too though like and I, this is from my perspective right like when i introduce myself to somebody and and they're like oh you're the flip-flop guy like for me that's always just a little awkward on my end because it's like I mean, yeah, sure, you know, but, like, there's more to it than that, and and that's not, like, I don't, I don't want to, oh, how am I trying to say this? I guess there's, there's just more to it than that, and to me, I'm, I'm equal to everybody. Sure. There's nothing that makes me better than the next person right. that's helping me or I'm working with or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I in full disclosure... And I never told anybody this the entire weekend, but I was kind of walking around thinking, you know, did we do a good job this weekend? You know, we held this big event at the blockade here in Wrightsville Beach. And, you know, the blockade is a special place because it's an older resort on Wrightsville. It's 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 a nice resort, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't exactly call it like a five-star resort. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's got a lot of old nostalgia to it. You know what I mean? Well, it's a beautiful venue. Yeah. It's, Everything it, they got there is, is top-notch. Quaint. I would yeah. call it quaint. Okay. There you go. Um, and I'm like, you know, this is our national convention. And these are just thoughts that I think to myself. I wasn't really talking about this to anybody. And I'm thinking, we've never really been a formal, like, organization. You know, like most companies, when they do their thing like this, they'll have a really big dinner and it's like really formal people dress up they put suits on and they Mm -hmm. do all of this and it's just never really been our style and there's nothing wrong with that but during that award ceremony like everybody had drinks in their hands they were drinking margaritas Mm -hmm. everybody's in Mm flip-flops i just loved it and to me i'm like man we don't have like we're good you know what i mean i was trying to like I don't know. Compare and contrast in your head. And it wasn't that I was comparing. I was trying to, like, tell myself, like, did, did we do a good job? You know what I mean? Like, I was trying to ask myself that. And then I, at that award ceremony, just looking around and the energy in that room when we were done there earlier and just seeing how everybody's, like, relaxed. They're in flip-flops. They're laughing. They're joking. They're having a great fucking time. And I was like, no, we're good. Like, yeah. we don't, this doesn't have to be a Well, and that's the Clean Eats family. Yeah. You know, and, and like I told you guys from the outside perspective, getting to see that and getting to see it reflect and shine out of every individual that was there. Right. Was just unreal. Unreal on so many different levels for me. You know, and, and like, it made me want to be a part of it. You know, and it made me, I was like, man, like, this is so amazing to see this camaraderie, this brotherhood, this tribe, you know, of people from all different walks of life and all different areas and, and states and everything like that. Sure. Coming together under the common ground and, and everybody's there 
to help each other and love on each other and the success for each other, you know, and, and the way you guys format it out where it's not really like a competition or any, you know, everybody's equal and everybody, you know what I mean? It's just all about the love and the fellowship of, of what's been created. You know, it's, it's again, man, it, I think you guys crushed it this weekend. You know, it was absolutely epic. So we'll get back into this weekend, but I want to talk about the adventure to get there. So I want to know about you, you growing up, you going down whatever paths you went down on your road to get to the point where you are now today. So I grew up. Who are you first? Uh, Oh. I'm Don. Yeah. <laughs> Co-founder and CEO of <laughs> Cleanies with my wife, Yvonne. Um, but I grew up in, in the St. Louis area, about an hour east on the east side of Illinois. Yeah. Now that's where um, Nellie is from. We yep. had that discussion. Yeah. I was a, I was a big Nellie fan in high mm. school. You know? I wasn't much of an R&B guy, rap guy. <laughs> um, his stuff's cool, though. Um Went to high school in Edwardsville. I graduated in 98. I'm aging myself now. That's okay. Um, I was an okay athlete, man. I wasn't really, you know, what you would, what's the right lingo? I wasn't a jock, Mm -hmm. you know. I wrestled in junior high and a little bit in high school and then just found heavy metal music, drugs, rock and roll, and girls. Yes. And then it just kind of went. So... Um, Favorite band? Oh, Pantera, hands down. All day? All day. Yeah. I mean, I'm branded, so. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Favorite song by Pantera? Oh, man. I don't even know if I have one. Mm -hmm. I was very, very lucky. Um, During their prime, I got to see them live like seven times. Really? So what was that mosh pit like? uh, Intense. And just gnarly, I bet. I saw them indoors two or three times, and then I seen them at outdoor festivals. Man, four or five times. I don't remember. Okay, but. favorite album at least. Oh boy, um, probably one hundred and one proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because it's a little more raw and edgier. Not that any of their stuff is not, but yeah. you know, um, I don't know. My first just, introduction to Pantera was Vulgar Display of Aggression, right? Vulgar Display of Power. Or of Power, sorry. Yeah. Um, and I was. I don't remember, maybe 10 years old or something like that. My brother brought it home, and I was just obsessed with it. Yeah. Played it on repeat in my big CD player that I had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But in, I think right around my sophomore year of high school, you know, I found weed and some other stuff and mm-hmm. started listening to grunge music. That's where it all started for me. Oh, grunge. You know, I had a neighbor kid that intervie- introduced me to Nirvana. Oh, boy. Right when Nirvana came out with Nevermind. Like, they mm-hmm. weren't really big then. Yeah, know? they were just getting there. They were just getting there. And, man, when I heard grunge, I was done. Like, I was hooked from the get, from the word go. And then I went from being this kid who loved sports and loved playing ball and had one group of friends. And then my dad, was he was killed when I was 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I'm, I'm that what age I was I was in eighth grade so um when that happened I kind of like um it changed me a lot because I had to grow up quick um 
but right around my sophomore year of high school, a few years later, when I found that kind of lifestyle and that music at that age, man, I was influenced big, mm-hmm. heavily. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I don't want to conform to this kind of crap that, you know, at that time I was kind of an asshole. I was a little shithead <laughs> kid that just hated the world, thought I knew everything. And, you know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, kind of a little bit of underground grunge stuff. You know, my entire style changed. I started wearing different clothes, hanging out with different people. And yeah. um, that was kind of who I was until I got out of high school. Um, I can relate to that a lot. You know, for me, in my, I think I think I was in eighth grade was when my grandfather died, who was Big Al. You know, the yeah. what my company is modeled after. And the impact that that death had on me, like, shook the floor of my existence. Um, at the time, I, I don't want to say that I noticed it as much, but that catapulted me into so much of my drug use and so much of my drug addiction and alcoholism that I was doing. We're good. And, um, you know, it, it also shaped the foundation of the music genres that I jumped into and started listening to. Um and where that propelled me to, you know, so I can relate to that a lot. Like going through that experience in your youth, how much effect did that have on you as far everything. as everything? It changed your, I mean, obviously it's your father. So it, it changed yeah. a tremendous um, amount in your life. You know, at that time, my, uh, my mom, my, my parents got divorced when I was really little. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was seven my little brother might have been three or four and uh you know my dad moved to texas when we were young kids so i didn't really have a relationship with my dad um i i I, I take that back i did it just wasn't a normal relationship we would see him a couple times a year on holidays when he would come around but you know my mom started dating a guy that she went to high school with who pretty much raised me and my brother i mean he i i refer to him as my stepdad great dude Mm -hmm. um Stepped in and did a job he didn't have to do. But, um, you know, at that age, I was an asshole to him. He wasn't my dad. I didn't want to take orders from him. You know, him and I, we, we didn't we didn't have the best relationship when I was a teenager. Um, we, and we weren't that close. And um, so, yeah, I mean, when that happened and I started going down that road. Was it, any of that road maybe propelled by, like, regret or anything maybe you had been able to wish you had done with your father or anything like that? Or No, I just think it was me being a, trying to be as rebellious as I could just because pissed I off. hated it, pissed yeah. off and hated everything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but, yeah, I mean. It's interesting to hear you describe that version of yourself um, compared to the version of you that I know today. I've grown up a lot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I was into the whole grunge thing for a long time. And then um, and then I found heavier music. Like when the, I remember the first time I heard Pantera, I was like, holy shit, what did I just hear? <laughs> and then it was like, it was the same mental philosophy that I had when I, you know, was like grunge was everything. And it was like don't conform to the norm and just be yourself do what you want and then i found this and i'm like i don't even have to think like that i can do whatever i want and i don't give a damn what anybody thinks because it was just a different attitude destroy Um, yeah just like whatever and uh loved it fell in love with it from the word go 
And then uh, now I'm 42 years old and I still listen to their music. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just changed me forever. But um, anyway, I don't know how we got on that subject. But when I graduated high school, I um, went to Chicago and tried to enroll in a tech school. Why I did this, I have no idea. I thought I was going to do something great knowing that I hated school like I wasn't a good student either <laughs> I think I was like a below C subpar student I think I, I don't even remember my grade point average it might have been a low two um flunked every math class barely graduated um but I went to this tech school to do like HVAC and man it just I think it when it lasted maybe four months and I was driving home every weekend to get drunk with my friends and I would skip school on Friday night so I could get back a day early. It, I, I seriously don't think it lasted four months, and I, and I quit. And I went back home, and I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I had always been intrigued by carpentry um, because my mom my stepdad, they, we built a new house, um, the house that I grew up in. Um, I'm trying to remember the year. I might have been in fifth or sixth grade. But, you know, when they were doing that, we, they used to take us out to the job site. My brother my brother and I would run around and do that. So it's always been intriguing to me. And I knew a couple guys that had done it. So I just started looking for jobs in the paper when I got back. And one of them was a carpentry job. And it's kind of funny. I called the number, and the guy gets on the phone. And um, I happened to know the guy, a really good buddy of mine, said that his cousin was hiring and I was like, well, what does he do? And he's like, he runs a framing business. And I'm like, great. And he goes, I actually think he's got an, an ad in the paper. And I found it that now I'm really aging myself, an ad in the paper, right? <laughs> so I call the guy. His name was Jason. And the first question that he asked me, he goes, well, I, he goes, I have two questions. I said, yeah. And he goes, are you a sissy? And I said, well, no, I don't think so. He goes, are you scared of heights? I said, no, I don't think so. And he goes, can you start on Monday? I said, sure. so that started my entire career right there with with carpentry and then i was a carpenter for 12 plus years after that but um that was an interesting that's who that's who made me into a pretty much a man right there was that that dude the stuff they put me through on job sites and what they taught me and it's a different atmosphere and a different environment you know and a different passion and love for a career and you know showing up swinging a hammer and yeah you know i've done that in my life and you know whether it's plywood sheetrock or whatever i was doing like those guys there though like back in that day i mean the things that they did and the things they said to me you wouldn't get away with it now there's absolutely mm-hmm. no way not not in today's world but they were the type of guy that would they would literally demoralize you mm-hmm. and 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 you know if you screwed up they were hard like i can't even tell you how many times i drove home crying <laughs> because i just got brutalized on a job site all day long but then, you know, those are the guys that would take you out and get you drunk on Friday and say, hey, man, I was a dick to you on Tuesday, but this is what you fucked up, and this is how I want you to fix it. And, you know, then they would take you out to strip clubs and beat on you a little bit. So They'd break you down and build you oh, up yeah. in your own way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that, in a lot of ways, that forms and shapes your mentality as mm-hmm. a man and what you're doing in your career and how you're going to progress. And I think that a lot of that actually has value to the construction of the the human person you know i mean our big my biggest successes are born out of my failures you know and those are my most teachable moments is when i fail um you know and and 
what can I do better? How can I be better? You know, I mean, obviously, as well as, you know, when I'm winning, there's always teachable moments in that and what to take away from it. But so much more of my progression in life and my growth spurts come out of my failures. And when someone is there to call me on my failures, be hard on me about it, and then, you know, build me back up to be better the next time. Yeah, so I... I think I was a carpenter for 12, 12 years, um, but I got married in 2004 to my first wife, and then we divorced literally less than two years later. Um, nothing too interesting. We were just young, dumb kids, man. Um, I had, we, we, we partied a lot. I mean, we partied like Motley Crue. We went to, <laughs> we done some crazy shit, um. But we were at a bonfire party one night, and I broke my right leg here, um, just horsing around with a buddy of mine that was three times my size. It was kind of innocent fun, and he wound up pulling me over his shoulder and broke this leg right here. And so just kind of going through rehab for that and um, getting stronger and things like that, that's how I found fitness, mm-hmm. you know, because otherwise I would have been, I would have never, I wasn't the type of guy who really cared. Um, but I just loved, I don't know, it did something to me. And it's like a form of meditation. Right. And we just, after that happened, you know, me and my ex-wife, we just kind of went down two different roads. She just wanted to do her thing, and fitness was something that I just wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of grew apart, and it just kind of fizzled out. There isn't really an interesting story behind why we... Um, Sometimes but, things just don't work out. Yeah. Um, but after that, I kind of... trying to think... I sold that house we were living in, and I wound up renting an apartment that was like a stone's throw away from the bar that we used to party at. Huge mistake. I thought it was going to be the coolest thing in the world. (laughs) It was not. I mean, it was just drunken benders all the time. My house was like a revolving door. Mm -hmm. It was like party central, and so that's a rough space to live in. Yeah, you know. So, and I think it takes living through it. Mm-hmm. to understand that that's not the space that yeah. we want to live in for the rest of our lives. It was it was a good time, but, I mean, it beat, it beat, beat on me. I was going down a wrong path there. So I bought a house with the intentions of flipping it a few, a few years later and wound up living in it by myself and uh, dated a few girls. Nothing really serious ever came out of it until I met Yvonne. You know, I was kind of... Um, I was in a rough place, um, didn't really know, you know, that was around 2009 when the housing market just kind of basically tanked. So I knew my career path was kind of on a downward spiral, that it was going to end soon. And just trying to figure things out, what I wanted to do, where I, I knew I wanted bigger and better things. And my goal and my vision was always to, to own a sports bar, you know, um, that was before like Buffalo Wild Wings and the places where you have like 25 TVs on the mm-hmm. wall and you can watch 18 football games at a time. Those didn't really exist back then. Uh, not very many of them. Anyway. Few and far between. Yeah. yeah. But in the St. Louis area, sports is like a religion, right? So we had a lot of cool nostalgic places that were around where I was from that I always thought were really cool. You could go in and watch a football game and they had all kinds of jerseys and interesting sports pieces in there which i collected too and uh i was like man it would be my dream to have a place like this someday but just never really knew how to get there and uh so i met yvonne at the gym 
in a little podunk town where we where I grew up. I mean, this town maybe had thirteen hundred people in it, maybe really small. Um, and the gym was really small too, really small fitness community there. And so everybody kind of knew everybody. And I went in there one day and I saw this redhead in there training. And I'm like, oh, damn, who the hell is that? <laughs> new blood. New blood, new yeah. blood, fresh fish. And so my friend Haley, who I trained with a lot, and uh, she played college softball. And um, we were like best friends. And she was like, I was like, Haley, who is that? She's like, oh, that's Yvonne. She just started so-and-so cafe down the street. She was like, you'd actually really like her. You guys have a lot of common. And I was like, played the whole high school Cupid thing. I'm like, well, hook me up, man. Introduce me. Where's it at? Yeah. So <laughs> she took me down to the little cafe that Yvonne started called Locale Cafe. It was literally a block away from the gym and introduced me. And, man, I saw what she had created. And when I say she just opened, I think she might have been open six or seven days. Oh, wow. Because you walked into her cafe and she was serving us, like, uh, water bottles out of an igloo cooler. And so she come out and talked to me and Haley, and I, she kind of told me her background story and how she um, opened the cafe and things like that. And I was just, I fell hard, like boom. And uh, <laughs> I was going back getting chicken and rice every day. Um, just to see your face. Yeah. Yeah. And so we kind of hit it off. And uh, it was kind of funny. There was a guy there that had tried, was trying to date her and trying to kept, kept asking her out to dinner. And she was telling me this story. And she said, this guy keeps asking me out to dinner. And she goes, but I've told him a million times I own a restaurant. Like, And she had just gotten out of a marriage. I think she was divorced for, I don't know, almost two years or something like that. And wasn't really interested in a relationship. And to be honest with you, in full disclosure, she told me that when we started talking. She's like, I'm not getting married. Like, I have no interest. I'm like, cool, me neither, because I'm divorced and I don't care. Yeah. So it was kind of, to be honest with you. It was you guys like went a, in head on with the same mentality. It was. I think that's why we hit it off is because at the same time, neither one of us really cared whether or not it was going to go anywhere. It was kind of a booty call thing, but we kind of hit it off. There was a friendship, but also a relationship there, too. And uh, I don't even think we were dating three or four months. It was fat. It, the whole thing happened fast. And we, she had a futon bed in the back of her cafe. Like, she didn't, she was homeless. She basically lived in a restaurant. And there was a lot of late nights up just hanging out in her restaurant because we decided to compete in the same show. Um, I kind of passed that part up in the story, but that's kind of where we hit it off was we decided to train for the same bodybuilding show. So we had a little thing going there. And now what was the bodybuilding? What, what genre, I guess, would that be? Um, Cause I know there's so many different, like I had already competed in one bodybuilding show. And so okay. I was thinking about doing another one. I just wasn't in the right mental headspace. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where, you know, when I tell this story at discovery days, I get choked up, but you know, I was in a very dark place in my life when I met her, you know, in that time that I met her in that gym. And it was so bad that I actually backed out of this bodybuilding show, the one that we actually competed in. Um, I had went to my coach and I said, look, man, my head is just not in this. I can't do this. I can't go down this path right now. He's like, no problem, man. Cool. And then like less than 30 days later, I meet Yvonne. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh. uh, I mean, I met a real woman who I didn't meet in a bar who wasn't just trying to get, you know, I wasn't just trying to get laid. You know, it was really nothing like that. Just a completely different setting. Mm -hmm. 
and she just started her own business and the things that we would talk about was like positive energy she just picked me up you know what i mean and i had told her my dream about opening a sports bar and things like that and so that's what i meant by like we had all these late night talks and when we decided to do this show we couldn't go out drinking so what are we gonna do you know what i mean so i would get off work and you know hang out with her on the weekends and help her out around the cafe i'm like she needed shelves made and i went with her and helped her buy a bunch of equipment and things like that and ironically i was just kind of learning about the restaurant business by hanging around her and helping her build this little cafe up and i think oh man i want to say it was around four or five months later after that um i told her i was like look i don't know what my next move is going to be i know i'm not going to have a job soon i'm going to get laid off and i just don't know what i need to do i said um and she was like well I don't know if I can grow this business by myself. You know, she was, I don't know what I'm doing. We both have a passion for fitness and we just kind of were like, what if we try to do it together and just see where it goes? And I said, I'm all in, you know, I don't have a bunch of money. That's such a great word. All in. I might've had maybe seriously, I might've had five grand to my name. And so I gave her every dime I had. And I said, the only way that I can do this and give you 100%, I have to file bankruptcy. You know, because I have a mortgage over my head. I had a, at the time, I think I had a $50,000 Hemi that I was driving. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have to give it all away. And I have no problems doing that. I will walk away from everything that I own and dive in head first if this is what you want to do. And there was a couple of those conversations. That was a very, very scary thing for both of us to do. That's a leap, um, and especially from where you guys started as just for fun and yeah. hanging out, having a good time in the camaraderie and, you know, diving into, like, all right, let's give everything sure. up. and You know, it was, a, it was a sacrifice for her because she, has, she was divorced, and this is a new guy who she's trusting her new business with, you know. And I was giving up a 10-year pension with the Carpenters Union, mm-hmm. um, walking away from that whole career. And then giving up my house and my truck and everything else. So, but we did it. Um, I took zero equity in our company. I, 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 took, I don't want any ownership. I said, I will earn it. You know, when the time is right, we'll figure that shit out. That shit does not mean anything to me. Money at that point was dead to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just cool, man. It was, it was really cool the way we did it. Um, the space next door to hurt the cafe that we had was a uh, empty wedding salon and so we lived in that back of that wedding salon the landlord gave us permission to kind of it had a little makeshift like um break room that we threw a futon in we kept a microwave on the counter and so our routine literally for well over a year was we would work all day in the cafe literally from morning to close we would go to the gym and train for our show and then we would go back to the cafe make ourselves some dinner and then if it was a weekend that we didn't have the girls, because she split custody with her ex-husband, if it was a weekend that we didn't have the girls, we would just watch TV until we fell asleep. And if it was a weekend that we had the girls, we would drive about an hour north to her parents' house, and we would stay there for the weekend, hang out with the girls, hang out with her family on the farm, and, and do our thing, and then come back and, and work the cafe the rest of the week. We did that for over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was honest with me up front. She said, look, I'm not... I don't want to stay in this area. So my goal is I want to be by the ocean if I'm going to do what I want to do. And I said, I want out of here so bad. I wanted a fresh start in a new place 
with new people in my life who are positive and who are going to lift me up. Changing that energy. Mm-hmm. Well, and something that I, I like that you pointed out was you were in an extremely dark place when you met her. And when you guys got together, it was like the lights turned on. You know what I mean? And your conversations reflected positivity and introducing positive energy into your life. And you guys manifested that together and created that reality. And then it sounds like upon creating that reality, then you had that thirst and that hunger for that and that drive to continue that reality. And you guys were willing to do whatever it took in order to get to that place to continue growing and enlarging that life. Yep. You know? Yeah. I mean, we expanded into, we, we took a second location mm-hmm. um, in Edwardsville, ironically, where I grew up and where I was from. And it was just a, it was a once in a lifetime thing. And it was kind of funny on a timeline because we had taken a trip to Florida to look for real estate. That's where we wanted to go. We wanted to be on the ocean. Whether it was on the ocean side or the golf side, we were just wanted beach sand sun. Didn't didn't really care where it was. So we went down there and nothing felt right. Nothing just kind of hit home. We had went to the Arnold Classic that year and ran into Jim Hendershot and um, some other people that had introduced us to Wilmington. But, you know, the funny story was when we went there that she said, you guys need to move to Wilmington. And we we're like, what's the, that? Where the hell is Wilmington, North Carolina? <laughs> no, we're going to Florida. So we went, took on that trip. Nothing felt felt right. So we went back home and... Um, we wound up closing the first cafe down and just kind of merged them into the two in Edwardsville, um, which was a blessing. You know, most of our, our customers came from there. Um, and then we wound up going back to the Arnold the next year, ran into Jen again. She said, you know, did you guys go to Florida? We said yes, but nothing really felt right. We still want to move. Um, we gave ourselves another year because the opportunity came along. And so we kind of postponed this for a, a full calendar year while we ran this other restaurant which I'm glad we did. It taught us a lot. And she was like, I'm telling you guys, you guys really need to go check out Wilmington, North Carolina. And so we were like, damn it. Okay. So we kind of did our own kind of recon research. And I think it was Labor Day later in the year. We didn't have any plans. And I was like, Yvonne, let's go to Wilmington. (laughs) Because I had found a deli on Craigslist that was listed for sale. And I was like, we don't have anything to do. We don't have the girls this weekend. Let's just hop in the van and drive to the coast and see what it is. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. I think we left on a Friday morning. We drove straight through. And I put the address to the Racine Cafe where we started cleanings. That was called Picasso's Deli. Mm-hmm. I put it in the GPS, and that's exactly where we went. And so the whole drive down here, we, we were talking, and we are like talking about things that we wanted to be around, how we wanted to form the new brand, because we knew we wanted to change the name from locale into something else. And I'll, I'll tell you that in a second. That's kind of an ear. I'll get goosebumps when I tell that story. Um, but we wanted to be around a gym, a supplement store, you know, because we, we came here with the full intentions of doing like a full-blown meathead concept. We were bodybuilders. We wanted to be around fitness people. That's all we cared about. Fit you know? life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had bodybuilding posters up in the walls in our seriously in the walls of our cafe, mm-hmm. and um, our tables were decoupage with bodybuilding fitness magazine pictures when we first opened. But anyway, when we pulled into that parking lot, there was Gold's Gym across the street, a Max Muscle in the same parking lot, and then this deli right across the street. I'm like, 
we both looked at each other and we're like, get the hell out of here. Like the universe is telling us something. We also knew we wanted to change the concept of what we were doing. So our restaurant back there was full service. We had waiters and waitresses and stuff like that. And we were like, let's go back to what we were doing before where it was like a, a fast casual type concept. And so when we walked into Picasso's and we saw it, we kind of looked at each other real quick and we're like, this is it. We can do this right here. This is the exact same setup that we wanted. It was it was like picture perfect. Had a beautiful covered patio. And so we met Dave and his wife sat down, talked to him. We didn't even negotiate. I said, we'll take it. I said, if you can give us until Thanksgiving, this is Labor Day, mind you. Mm-hmm. If you can give us the Thanksgiving to sell our cafe, we'll put a down payment and we'll be back on Thanksgiving to take it. He said, hell yeah, no problem. So we went back and we wound up selling our cafe for the exact same amount of money that Dave wanted for that business. Really? It was crazy. It was like all So you went in debt free? Debt free. Wow. And so came back on Thanksgiving. We loaded up all of our belongings and our entire restaurant in a 16-foot car trailer. <laughs> oh, shit. Everything we owned. Drove it down here to Wilmington. Parked it in the parking lot. I think we got here at like 10 o'clock in the morning that day. And we sat at Picasso's and had lunch, talked to Dave, and waited until 3 o'clock when he closed. And he handed me the key. And I literally took the front door off, and we started moving our stuff in. And I think it took us like two and a half months to open, and we opened in January under the Clean Eats brand. Mm-hmm. But the way that we came up with Clean Eats, it was during um, a prep for one of the six or seven body show, bodybuilding shows that her and I competed in together. We were doing cardio um, in our little studio apartment that we had lived in by that time. We, we, were, we built ourselves up to where we could afford a $400 a month studio apartment, which mm-hmm. was awesome. That Still to this day, that was my favorite place we ever lived. Yeah. We rented it from one of our customers who was awesome. Um, but we were like, okay, we need to come up with a name. We knew we were moving at this point, but we were trying to figure out branding and a name. And so we both were like, okay, you go do your cardio over here. I'll go do mine over here. And we both took notebooks, right? So I'm on a stair mill trying to write out these names. And I think I came up with every cliche name you could come up with, like (laughs) fit kitchen, fit meals, fit whatever, something, everything fitness related. And then I wrote down clean eats. And I'm like, clean eats, clean eats, clean eats, clean eats. But I wrote it down with an S. Mm -hmm. And so... I come screaming into the other room. She, I was like, I've got the name. And Yvonne goes, I got the fucking name. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to write my name down. You write your name down. We'll show each other at the same time. So I wrote down Clean Eats with an S. She spelled it with a Z. And we both flipped it around. We're like, no fucking Get the hell way. I told you I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. And Are you like, kidding me? No. And I was like. Straight up goosebumps. Yeah. Man. Like, that no. is exa- I swear wow. on everything holy. That is exactly how it happened. I had finished my cardio up, so I had went in the other room, and I was laying on our bed, and I finished out my list, and she was on the elliptical, and I come screaming into the other room, and we both showed each other at the same time, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. We got it. And so we wound up going with the Z because it was different. That's just how we operate. We're yeah, like, that's good. I, I, I like that. Every, if we can do it differently, we're going to do it differently. And so we did it, man. And we, um, I think before the Labor Day trip, we had a vacation that we had to use up. It was like a trip thing that we had to use. So we decided to stay in Atlantic Beach, which is like an hour north of here. We rented a condo for the weekend. And 
again, I just think it was the universe telling us something. We came out here, but the weather was so shitty, we couldn't leave our room. So we were both dieting for a show. So the only thing we could do for this four-day weekend was train at the resort gym, do our cardio on the beach when we could because it was raining. So if we couldn't, we just stayed in. But we sat there on our, like, big meathead computer, you know, back before laptops were, like, really razor thin. Mm -hmm. And we designed our menu. We designed the logo on, like, remember the old uh, WordPress things that you could do like that? Yeah. If you could see our very first Clean Eats menu, it was absolutely atrocious. (laughs) The logo was, like, smashed down. It was horrible. We misspelled, like, three menu items. We had a crab wrap on there that I misspelled, and I spelled crap wrap. <laughs> and we made, like, 2,500 menus, and we didn't have any money to reprint them. Mm-hmm. So we had to pass these out. And I swear, the first six months we were in business, everybody kept coming up to us, and they're like, do you know that crab? I'm like, I know. We did it on purpose. We were trying to get on the Ellen show or whatever. One of the talk shows used to do the sign thing. Yeah. I'm like, we were trying to to, to get on a TV show, and they're like, that is hilarious. And I was like, not really. I was just a dumbass and misspelled it. But That's funny. So on my original bottle logo, on my bottle label, if you go into the story that's on the bottle about my grandfather and everything, the amount of typos and, and misspelling in that. And that, like that's going on my every product that ships oh, yeah. out the door. Like my first thousand labels has typos, has problems. <laughs> like... Grammatic errors, everything. I bet you people read it and they didn't even realize it. Yep. Um, I hope. No one brought it up to me except for a couple people, so. So we opened uh, the first cafe January 24th, 2013. And it was unbelievable. We thought, you know, we moved out here to enjoy a lifestyle that we wanted to live. So we thought we were going to run this little cafe and do our bodybuilding shows and we were going to have time to run across the street and go to Gold's and train on our lunch breaks and things like that. You know, when we opened, there was a line out the door down the sidewalk. I mean, we were assholes and elbows for eons. No way. Eons and eons. And it was amazing. I mean, the people here just embraced us. We would go over to Gold's when we, you know, the one thing we did back there was we were open seven days a week. So when we came out here, we decided we're going to close a day so we can enjoy life a little bit. And so on Sundays, we would still go to Gold's and train and get our workouts in and then come to the beach because um, we were living in a little apartment over here. Um, and then that community just embraced us. I don't know what else to say. I mean, to this day, I'm, I'm very blessed to be very good friends with the guy that used to own all the Gold's here in North Carolina. He just saw something in us and helped us out, helped us market, let us put our meals in his gym to get our word out and... You know, by us kind of competing around here and getting to know all the athletes around here, they were amazing. You know, they were loyal customers and told everybody about us. And, you know, that's honestly how we were able to lift our brand up the way that we did in the very beginning. Um, And we did that for about a year and a half. And then around 20, late 14, we started getting these guys coming into the cafe that kept asking us about our five-year plan, like where we wanted to take it. And I'm like... Man, I don't even know how much money we got in the bank. Like, I don't know how to read a P&L. I don't know. Like, I'm just a dumb big meathead that likes to compete in bodybuilding and... Trying can, to make it work. Yeah, I can pay our bills and our lights are on, so I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, and that was kind of the philosophy I took into it until we 
had were very fortunate enough to make enough money that we were like, okay, we either need to franchise or if we're going to do a second location, we want to do it. We want to basically be able to lay it out the way we want. Like we wanted to sell like our, we wanted to have a little miniature supplement store in there. And then like when I say full blown meatheads, we were meatheads. Um, <laughs> and so we went to this uh, restaurant supply guy here in town. His name was Bill. Told him our plan, and he was like, you guys don't want to do this. He's like, you need to franchise this concept. This is an amazing concept. And so he gave me um, a guy's card who was a franchise salesman. And I don't know, something about that conversation clicked. And when Yvonne and I got in a car, we knew we were going to franchise. We're like, this is the route we want to go. And... Um, so, ironically, funny story. I kind of get goosebumps when I tell this story, too. But pulling out of the parking lot of that meeting, which happens to be right across the street from where our headquarters is right now. Mm-hmm. direct I could throw a baseball to Bill's office. Um, Brian Teach from First Form calls me, the guy who's staying with me this weekend. Mm-hmm. And if you grew up in St. Louis, First Form, you know, in their early days when they had their like athletes that they sponsored and things this was back when this was before social media i guess when the magazines were still out if you were a bodybuilder you wanted your pictures in the magazines right and so being around st louis they were like the phenomenon like you wanted to get a sponsorship from first form and be a part of their company and their culture and it was always a dream of mine because the two guys that i learned bodybuilding from were both sponsored by them you know and andy and sal and all those guys they were they were just fucking awesome dudes and everything they created was just amazing and so you that's what the pinnacle to me that was the pinnacle like if i would have gotten that i would have been on cloud nine and so i'm pulling out of this this meeting and brian calls and he said hey man you know your name has come up a few times in a meet in a couple meetings of new athletes that we want to sponsor and things like that and he's like i'm calling to see if you want to be sponsored by first form and i had him on speakerphone and I look at Yvonne and I'm like, uh, he goes, what? I said, Brian, can I call you back tomorrow? Because I was just on such a high mm-hmm. from realizing that Yvonne and I was going to take our own brand and just go run with it. Mm-hmm. Right. This was like, we were both seeing rainbows at this point. And then I get smacked in the mouth with this from Brian, which was another like <laughs> big thing. Yeah. Well, that's like another achievement. You know what I mean? And that's back to back. And Brian, I'll tell you this story later. I mean, he was like, are you serious? And because that's how big of a deal it was. And I told him what we were going to do. And he said, okay. And so I went home that night. And I'm like, Yvonne, I've dreamed of this for the last six years. We've been bodybuilding. Like, this has been my dream. And she's like, well, if you want to do it, then take it. And I was like but our dream is bigger. Like, I think this is a bigger dream for me. And so it was a very, very, very hard decision for me to make, but I called Brian the next day and I said, man, I'm sorry, this has been a dream of mine, but I'm going to focus my attention on our brand. And and we decided to franchise yesterday. And so he said, oh, okay, all right. And they were fully supportive of it, man. I mean, like... um, they were just great. They were very encouraging for me, and uh, it was awesome. And you guys work with First Form now. 
Yeah, yeah, we did. And, um, you know, when we opened our cafe, um, my buddy Matt, um, who I grew up with and stuff like that, we were selling his supplements in there. And, you know, he has an amazing business. But we started to grow, and it just got to be where, long story short, it didn't work out. It wasn't really any bad blood. It just wasn't working. And um, I reached out to Sal and Andy one day, and I said, hey, you know, I really want to sell first form in our cafe. And this was way before we franchised. And um, I think it was about a year year or two prior to that. And they were all for it. You know, they said, great. And Brian and Sal came out to our one-year anniversary of the cafe, um, I think in 2014. And it's just been an amazing relationship. So um, great partnership. Um, so I was very blessed, even though I decided not to be one of their sponsored athletes. Um, I just became one of their retail partners. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very grateful that it happened the way that it did. Um, and then, you know, like I said, we I called the... Um, franchise developer that Bill gave me the card for and typical Don and Yvonne fashion we met with him and we went we dove into the pool head first not even knowing how deep the water was and so we agreed to work with these two guys Um, their names were Greg and Jason and they had a company called emerging franchises I believe uh, or emerging franchising or something like that and so we signed this agreement and wrote them a check for a lot of money let's just say that um it was almost all the money we had not even realizing that we did that without vetting them we that's how on cloud nine we were and i kind of freaked out and i was like yvonne we don't even know these guys like we didn't even ask anybody they worked from like what the hell are we about to do so we both kind of freaked out for a second and we called greg and i said greg can you can you give me some names of some guys that you guys have worked with? And he's like, absolutely. So he gave me their names. We called them, and they were like, yeah, they were great. They got us off the ground, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> Breath of fresh air yeah. real quick. And so they they wound up putting our whole franchise model together, and they got us to, you know, I think it was maybe five or six locations that we sold with them. I can't remember. the now. This is where numbers are going to get cloudy for me because it's yeah. just – the whole thing happened so fast, but they sold franchises for us for almost a year. Um, it might have been more four or five now that I'm thinking about it, but um, we wound up, you know, kind of getting out of that relationship and moving on to a different developer. Um, but we held on to Jason, um, and now Jason is a partner of ours in our distribution company, and he's a great dude. Um, he's a great dude that I've learned a lot from. He's younger than me. But he's got a degree in finance and numbers to him. He's like Rain Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I, I've learned a lot from him. I, I, I can honestly say that. He's a great dude. And so I don't know, man. From there, it took off like a rocket ship. I don't really know what or why. And I think it's a combination of a dozen different things. We kind of, when we decided to franchise is when we kind of changed our brand a little bit. You know, we realized we were helping more than just meatheads. Mm -hmm. So we kind of softened the brand a little bit, and we changed up our marketing, and we started helping out older folks, younger athletes, you name it. And uh, is that somebody walking off the beach? Probably. Um, But It's a slew. Yeah. The whole family. Um, I don't know, man. We were just blessed. Very, very, very blessed. We uh, 
sold our first original couple I want to say the first three or four was customers so we didn't put a lot of money into marketing our franchise sales it was just customers that um, where customers are from here in Wilmington mm-hmm. that had moved quit their careers and put that much trust in us um, you know like Mike Parker in Raleigh he was running a very successful career as a cable guy um, running a huge commercial division here in Wilmington doing six-figure career quit doing that and bought one of our franchises and now he owns three units I mean the guy makes a lot of money more money good. than he's ever made yeah um, he called me up the other day and he he was proud and he bought uh, 10 acres of land and his, him and his wife are now building like their dream home on it so I get choked up when I when they call me with that I'm like dude dad is I can't even I don't even have words to tell you how proud yeah. I am um uh, who else? So in Just, in this process and and franchising out, was there ever any struggle for you? Is like, well, what if these people don't represent the brand well? And oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what if these people aren't following suit? Or you know, you know, going along the lines of continuing to carry and preserve your message. What was that like for you? Getting to the point where you're now going to be trusting other folks with your guys's dream. We just had to take it day by day, man. I mean, we were very young and dumb and, and agreed to allow, allow people in our system early on who weren't the right fit, and there's nothing you can do because mm-hmm. at that point you're in a legal agreement with them, and you just kind of have to ride the storm out, which I did. I mean, we did the best we could with what we had and until the day was to Either they actually just closed their cafe and then walked away, or I was able to get them to sell it and, and, and move on. But, I mean, I've learned a ton of lessons from that. Now we're so – we are so diligent on who we will allow in this brand. If mm-hmm. they – one small little gut feeling, and everybody's like, you would do that off of a gut feeling, and absolutely I would. Yeah. Absolutely I would. Well, and the, the road of knowledge that you learned to get to the point where now you're trusting your gut so much more – probably paved with some pretty serious stones in order to be able to get there yep i think i always try to tell people there's a few things that yvonne and i have done along the way that i think isn't really necessarily something that nobody else does i just know that it's worked for us Mm -hmm. and it's we have never ever bent on our integrity um and we've always done the right thing and we've never, you know, when I say we've never bent on our integrity, what I mean by that is when you're in the business that we're in or any business that's growing and doing well, you're going to have people come in that are going to try to, hey, you should do this mm-hmm. or you need to be doing it this way or, you know, can I invest and help you guys do this? And, you know, you, those people come around and we have just been very, very, very fortunate that we've trusted our gut. We've never strayed from it. And we've made some mistakes that we were lucky to get out of, but just always trusting our gut instinct and never bending on that integrity piece and just doing the right thing, man. I mean, we've never purposely tried to sell a franchise to somebody to make money off of them or anything, anything like that. Everything has to align. It has to be right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. Something that I gathered this weekend there was a gal that got up, um, maybe it was on Friday, 
and she was talking about an employee that she had only hired for a few days and oh yeah i remember that you know and there was there was an issue and she had a dui and as an alcoholic everything she's she's saying struck serious chords for me um you know and what she replicated it sounds like is is what you guys have instilled in your brand and kind of what seems to be the bedrock of a lot of what you guys do and and you know she helped this person out achieve what they needed to achieve and you know still being able to be financial soluble and um soluble and uh with her putting that faith and and goodwill and trust into that individual now that individual has blossomed into such a very large part of what they have going on you know and it and it's it's the same trust that you guys are and and this is your franchisee your franchisees replicating your guys's behavior you know and, and sure. getting to see that structured out and role modeled and passed along throughout other parts of your company and in, in the franchising was remarkable you know and so you're talking about integrity and trusting your gut and all these things and getting to see the back end of that firsthand for myself and witness it and hearing you describe it it makes so much more sense now that was a cool story i didn't know that until uh one of the little breakout sessions she told us that story and i was like man that's incredible mm -hmm. um she doesn't know it yet and i didn't i didn't have a chance to connect with her before we left but i need to i'm gonna reach out to that girl and try to have a private conversation with her because i didn't know that you know she was doing that even for our franchisees that they're training Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I knew that her staff was a very big part of that. I mean, obviously, anybody that was doing that, they would be. But I didn't know she had that much passion for it. You know what I mean? I had no idea. Yeah. Anna's never told me that. So I really want to call her and thank her and just have an honest conversation with her and just tell her what it means to me. So yeah, I, I was trying to tell Anna that before we left, but I just didn't get a chance to. Friday-ass weekend by the yeah. end of today. <laughs> so how many stores do you guys have? Right now, open, I believe there is 67. So you went from Locale Cafe to Florida twice, trying to figure out which beach community you were going to move into, never liking Florida or never finding what you guys felt was your right fit internally. And you were pulled up to Wilmington, and on a whim, you guys came down here and instantly fell in love with it. Opened up your doors. Line, when you opened your doors, you had lines down the street. And since then, it has been a freight train nonstop to 60-plus stores, you know. And you guys are crushing it. What? I mean, your background is construction. It's not business, you know. Brother, I didn't know I didn't know how to read a P and L until three months before we franchised. Mm -hmm. So that entire process, that entire spectrum of growth, you know, in in relatively a short amount of time, and what that has done for you in expanding your mind in the business world and how to own and operate and run a business, um, obviously with your partner and your wife. Uh, what has that been like? 
you know, did you ever in a second sleeping on a futon in the back of a shop trying to start a cafe? Could you have imagined then that you'd even be remotely close to where you are now with what you guys have done? No. I mean, I say no. That's what we wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, We were just... Yvonne and I are the type of people, you know, and I mentioned this in a speech that I gave at the event to kick it off. Everybody asks what our number is. And what I mean by that is sale number. Like, what's the number? What, if somebody offered you, what, what would you take? And I'm like, we just don't think that way. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, at some point, we're going to have to. Mm-hmm. But it's just we don't wake up every day and say, well, I think we're going to sell it at this point. We just don't do that. It's just not about that for us. And so um, I'm trying to find the words to answer your question. We always tell people if you're going to run your business, you know, the whole people over profit thing that I talked about during the event. We always tell people that if you're going to run your business by a spreadsheet, you're not going to live. You will lose in the end. Because if you can't take care of people, the numbers don't mean anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, well, and that's something we talked about on the podcast that we did on your podcast is is people over profit, and I think that that's such a great concept um, because if you're putting your people first, and you know whether it's your employees or your uh, customer base, sure, if you're putting your people first, the, the growth will be there. You know, and and clearly your brand is a 100% screaming example of it, you know, and what you guys have accomplished. So I, I really, I really like that concept. It's, yeah, I mean, really important philosophy to live by. I can't remember who I was talking to. It was either yesterday or the day before. We were having a very similar conversation about this same topic about, about me and, and, and growth and how I've learned the things that I've learned. And I just said, man, to be honest with you, I really don't even, I can't even tell you how I learned it. I just, I've always been the type of guy that I've never burned a bridge. And to me, everything is about relationships. Mm -hmm. So I've never been a strong, like word Excel type guy, you know, I'm (laughs) I'm not numbers driven. Um, but I've always been the guy that if I don't know how to do it, I'll find somebody that can help me do it. You know, and I've been blessed to have Jason, you know, as a partner in our other company that has taught me a lot in that aspect. Um, he doesn't really get enough credit for it, but, you know, that's the truth. And, I mean, I could sit in a room with a dozen very successful CEOs and I would be very uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I would always be like, am I worthy enough to sit in here? You know what I mean? Like, do I know enough to sit in here? And then I I will catch myself thinking that way sometimes when that when that situation comes up. But then I'm like, man, I have great relationships, so they might know more than me, but I know the people around me are going to support me, so it's not really a big deal that I have to worry about. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys never really thought that you'd get to this point. Like, it's what you wanted. It's what we wanted. We just didn't know how. How, we so where, we didn't why. Know how. We put our faith in a lot of people that were trying to help us. And, you know, we have always been really big on vision boards. Mm-hmm. And so I remember Yvonne had this thing on her vision board where it was the 
map of the country and it had all these little apples on it and she would say these are going to be all of our cafes all over the country and i was like okay dig it i dig so. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah something something else that you brought up too that i really liked and it really shines to people helping people you know was like the owner of the gold's gym being willing to help you guys out and market and and giving you guys the opportunity and the ability to absolutely have a further reach than maybe what you would have had and i think that it it happens a lot today but i think also on the other end it doesn't happen a lot you know what i mean it's i think it's very it doesn't happen the same way no, no. there's always a string attached it, exactly or, that's what i was gonna say you know things like that yep. and uh people so, helping people is so important so i actually have my end goal my dream you know whenever the day comes that i'm not manning the ship immersed just, in yeah. it <laughs> my goal is to help people do what we did without any strings attached mm -hmm. you know i don't know how what that looks like I don't know how to do that. I'm trying to figure that out now. Yeah. I have a couple ideas, but I want to help take smaller brands like ours and, and help them do what we did. Yeah. Um, but do it with integrity and do it meaningful and with an appropriate business philosophy behind it. Yeah. In a way that I, I can approach them and say, look, I'm, I want to help you do this, but I don't want half your company. Yeah. I don't want a third of your company. Just let me help you. A lot of people <laughs> out there want to help for equity. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and you know, if if they if there's a room for that, then great. If there's not, then great. I don't. That's not why I want to do it. I just want to be able to pay it forward because there's there was a lot of guys like Mike, you know, the the Gold's Gym, Mike Valentino, who who did that for me along the way. You know what I mean? And if, if it wasn't for guys like that, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be as good at what I do now. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for those guys. I can relate to that a lot. I mean, just in the growth of my business and where I'm at and the people that have helped me along the way. And, yeah. you know, also the people that haven't helped me along the way, you know? And I mean, if you told Mike that story, he's always like, man, I don't know what I did that, you know, you, uh, he's actually told me this, you know, so I'm, <laughs> I'm quoting him. He, uh, he's like, man, I don't, I don't know what I did that, you know, you, feel that I was such a big part of and I was like Mike I've I've always been a guy that I can I can learn and and adapt just by watching people you know and, and and Mike if you know anything about Mike he's a very private guy doesn't talk about his personal life a whole lot and I've been very blessed now he's a very good friend of mine and we talk about our personal stuff a lot now um which is crazy because when I moved in, you know, when we moved here to Wilmington, Mike, Mike Valentino was like, you know, he was the guy, he was the man. And so to say that I'm, I can be very good friends with him now is an, is an honor to me. But um, just watching him and the way that he conducted himself and the way that he ran his business, the way he held his staff accountable and the respect that he earned. And, you know, he was also very heavily involved in the bodybuilding world here, which is also how I got to know him so well. Um, I don't know. I just learned a lot by that. And then just getting opportunities along the way to sit there and pick his brain and, you know, do do other business transactions with him. It was great. And it's taught me a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about this weekend. I mean, I know we did in the beginning. Um, what made you want to come up with the idea for doing this event? We did our first, so in the franchising world, 
it's pretty standard status quo that you have an annual convention of some sort i don't know anything about the franchising world yeah and and really i mean some some brands do it for different reasons but i mean overall it's just to get everybody together whether it's for learning or you know just fellowship or whatever it is and so we did our first one i should know this five years ago um and at the time there was 12 people there we did it in the dining room of one of our other cafes. We closed it down, um, and we held our first convention there. And we ha- we catered it, um, did a little mock, um, like award ceremony. I don't remember what they were. Uh, we had some educational stuff there, and I can't remember what it was. It was a marketing thing that we did, um, but it was a full day thing. And it was, I mean, man, to us it was cool, you know. Um, and then the very next year, we kind of doubled. And so our food distribution company let us use one of, a piece of their facility where they had like a test kitchen and like a conference room and things like that. So we did, our convention was there in Raleigh at U.S. Foods. And their corporate chefs like made us dinner. And it was a very informal thing. And I think at that time we might have had 20 people there maybe, mm-hmm. maybe two dozen. Um we did like little breakout learning sessions where we taught like nutritional mac- macro breakdowns and things like that. And uh, there was like four or five breakout things. And we had just started like clean- making our own t-shirts because at that time we had no t-shirts. Uh, so we made t-shirts. We had a little miniature store set up kind of like we did at this one. Um, and it was cool. And then the following year, it kind of grew every year. Then the following year, we held it at the Embassy Suites downtown here, and uh, I had Bert Soren come and speak, um, and then I had Mike Valentino also come and speak, um, which was a that was an awesome event for us. I can't remember how many units we had at that time, so there might have been thirty something people there, thirty something owners there. Um, awesome convention, we were very proud of it. The next year, we grew even bigger. Uh, and we wound up having it at the same spot. They had us back there, and I had Sal Frischella come and speak. Um, the guys at First Form did a, a, a really nice presentation there, and uh, that was another good event. And then COVID hit. Yeah. So last year we couldn't have one. Um, and then we were try- when we were trying to figure out, okay, well, what are we going to do this year? We were like, let's bring them to the beach. Yeah. COVID has just beat everybody down it's warm out like these guys need to break they need to relax so our theme this year was work-life balance and you know we brought in jp Donnell from echelon front um, and he crushed it yeah he was like amazing talk about an amazing seminar yeah and how he was able to take all of his experiences and then wrap them into business yeah wrap it into the business side everything and and really push that narrative he brought out that sheet that was like uh the balance assessment the balance assessment mind-blowing taking the balance assessment myself and looking at it and see where i slide in the spectrum and everything like that absolutely phenomenal stuff so every year that we've done these conventions i've always told yvonne i'm like how do we bring a wow factor to these events and 
let the franchisees just how do we how do we knock their pants off basically you mm-hmm. know and and really wow them and say hey you know we appreciate it here's you know an unbelievable event and i've always tried to bring in the best people that i know and that's why i was like the first year that bert agreed to do it i was mind blown i'm like yeah bert soren's gonna come and speak (laughs) and he he knocked it out of the park and uh the next year sal did it was amazing so when we were thinking about it this year and i'm like we gotta try to get like jocko or somebody like that to come and like really 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 hit everybody really hard and so uh through just you know i mentioned relationships and building relationships with different people um you know i was able to to get jp to come here and do do his thing and then you know having you come and cook for everybody you know i was like andy does this amazing thing i said let's do a cocktail hour and have him cook a deer leg and yeah shipping it was awesome yeah um <laughs> we pulled it hey, hey we pulled it off yeah it, it got it got figured out it was great we can talk about it i don't give a shit um but you know i mean that's that was kind of how we planned the event we didn't i really didn't know what to expect man to be honest with you because like i said covid yeah and us not having one in two years we kept saying you know did we wow these people enough like did we do a good job here and you fire know, dancers came out yeah you know um I don't know. I'm very proud of it now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. You know, you know, I was I was wore out when you and I walked down here to come down here and chill out. That's what I want. I was just trying to get away. I'm like, I need to unplug. Man. I just need to sit here and stare at the water and have a glass of water. Yeah, <laughs> shake the headache. But it was it was unbelievable, man. I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, and like I was saying in the beginning of this watching what you guys have created and how you've helped other people's lives and transform people's realities um has been remarkable from an outside outsider standpoint you know and and to get to really see the effect of what you guys are doing on other people's lives is absolutely phenomenal um i know everything's got people are getting back and everything like that before we wrap this up what does clean eats offer and uh, how can people find you so someone comes into clean eats they can order their meals but it's more than just a restaurant where you can order a meal sure i'm gonna explain this as crystal clear as i can my mind is mashed potatoes so i for sure you're good so i always try to tell people that aren't familiar with the brand itself is clean eats is one brand that has two companies underneath of it so we have our franchise brick and mortar restaurants so we're nationwide now um and you have dine-in carry-out catering um a weekly rotation of fresh meal plans that people can pick up they can order them online at cleaneats.com and go in there on sundays and mondays and pick these things up at a local location Um, and then on the other side we have clean eats kitchen which is a direct-to-consumer model shipping um that whole business could be a whole nother podcast but really really skinny version we started that company to kind of make the brand bigger than what it was to offer our brand to people who didn't have access to a cafe Mm -hmm. and it just took off like a rocket ship man i mean it just exploded um we were able to service military contracts um the blessing with the kitchen 
is we're able to use our horsepower with the, the franchise company and the kitchen to elevate the whole brand as a whole, and it benefits the franchisees so much. Uh, we've been able to do some incredible things by having that business. But So, yeah, I mean, you can order meals off of both sites. You can go to cleanitskitchen.com if there's not a restaurant around you and order from there and have them shipped to your door. Or if you're around a, a cafe, you can just go to cleanitskitchen.com and order them and then go pick them up right there. Mm-hmm. Right on, man. Yeah, but, I mean, we're, we're trying to expand and and do bigger things. You know, we just launched the Clean Eats Foundation um, that we're hoping to help childhood obesity out so um that whole thing is so fresh we've got a million ideas for that thing that Mm -hmm. i I could probably go on all day about but we're looking forward to that and then you know the we change lives challenge that we do at the first quarter of every year that has kind of taken on a a life of its own and just keeps growing and expanding um and it's just a it's honestly it's a transfer it's a lifestyle transformation challenge it's all it is Mm mm-hmm but it's kind of a, a phenomenon in and of itself. So. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks no. for having me down here. Yeah. You're you welcome know, I appreciate time. it. I had a great time, you know, and I, and I look forward to 2022 and, you know, no problems with FedEx. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to do it. We're going to do it next year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, again, thank you so much. And no, thank you. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Awesome. Thanks for tuning into the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website, Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.